Welcome back to the Illenials Podcast. We're here again. It's Smith. And it's Seth. <laughs> I like your strategic pause as you yeah. place there. To I, had to make a, I had to build in some anticipation. Oh, I thought you were going for annoying me. Was no, your, no. Was your goal. Well, yeah. I did want to annoy you, and I'm going to put it under the guise of I was building anticipation. Okay, so there's layers like, to this thing. Yeah, what if our listeners are like, maybe there's a different co-host this week. That's why it's taking so long. Maybe it's somebody <laughs> else. Maybe it's somebody who's actually funny and smart. And then they're like, oh, it's still Seth. Nope. But but also someone less sure of themselves. Yes. <laughs> funny, smart. one thing I am. I'm sure of myself. <laughs> I've, I've never known you to be unsure of yourself. Uh, you, you pretty much just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, just, uh, just you know, try and go wherever the... The road blows me. Is that what the phrase is? That's what my phrase is. The road where, where the road blows you? Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's it's a it's about roadhead basically. Okay. You know. Gotcha. So you just go wherever the roadhead asks you to go before they blow you. That's that's yes. the that's essentially what's happening here. Yes. Okay. So you're like Uber, but you get paid in blowjobs. Yeah, I'm like Uber, but uh, I actually compensate people <laughs> well you get compensated in blowjobs well they're getting compensated in a ride so mm. oh yeah it's true so it's a fair exchange it's an equal exchange it's like what one blowjob is worth one car ride <laughs> now what if the car ride was to like los angeles from where you live from where i live mm-hmm. probably do probably do 10 or 12 blowjobs <laughs> one a day you think it takes twelve days to get to Los Angeles from where I am? Does it take longer or less? Or I don't know. I don't know what it would take. It would probably take like I don't know, seventeen hours. Seventeen hours to drive three thousand miles? Yeah, why not? What's Are you here? fucking kidding me? Okay, vamp while I look this up. <laughs> I, well, I mean, a fucking plane takes like I don't know four hours. And that thing travels at a million miles an hour. There's no fucking yeah. way that What's you could that? travel. 3,000 miles in 17 hours. No, no fucking Let's way. Let's see. Let's see how long it is. Okay. How, okay, it was 35 hours. I was li- <laughs> It was literally double what I said. The, literally the exact double of what I said. Basically. Now, hold on. What, what did you use to calculate this? Google Maps. Google Maps. And what was the driving time? 35 hours. Now, is that like just straight on? The, like no brakes? Yeah, no brakes. So you're going to drive for 35 hours straight. If I keep on getting to the door, blowjobs, I am. <laughs> but you have failed to compensate, I think, sir, for the uh, the blowjob driving failure rate, which is when you run off the road because you were coming. Well, hey, come on. I'm a consummate professional. You think so? Yes, I know okay. so. I just said it. I'm okay. sure of myself. Gotcha. We'll discuss this. Gotcha. To making sure that you, oh you were totally God. aware of all the implications of your statement there. There's so much construction between here and L.A. <laughs> God, there's a car accident. That'll probably still be there whenever I drive. <laughs> Once you find your person willing to give you 10 or 12 blowjobs yeah. for a 35-hour drive to Los Angeles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, as you could probably tell, listeners, we're, uh, we're making jokes to, to compensate for the fact that this was a... Uh, we've, ha- we've had a momentous week here. Um, it's been, it's been pretty fucking wild, would you say, Seth? Yes. I would say, I would say that. 
Am I going to? Probably not. I would. <laughs> it's, uh, I guess for, for people that are listening to this podcast, you probably already know the shit we're going to talk about, but we're going to give you our perspective on it. Um, so the first thing we should probably discuss um, is the Supreme Court. Because there's been a lot of shit happening. And everyone kind of got blindsided by uh, Justice Kennedy stepping down. But yeah. I think a more important, not a more important, but also in, uh, a momentous thing are the decisions that were handed down this week. Because there were some wild-ass decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, there was one the day before where um, it was a case uh, from California where... So you know what... Uh, Pregnancy crisis centers, all right? Are crisis pregnancy centers? No. Is it like an abortion clinic? It is. It is. It is the exact opposite of an abortion clinic. It, it, so they put babies into people. No, well, it's like okay, you're pregnant, right? And you go to an abortion clinic to get rid of it. This place you go to to not get rid of it, to okay, keep it. So it's just a building. It's any building where they don't kill babies. What they do is is they they bring you into this building. They they they, they sucker you in by th- by saying they offer medical services and pass themselves off as a pl- a family planning clinic, which is a polite mm. term for abortion clinic, right? Yeah. But once you get in there, it's all nothing but wall-to-wall propaganda about how you should keep your baby and not get rid of it, and abortion is bad, and here's the facts, and we'll help you. We'll provide financial uh, assistance to help you raise your baby and get through this time and stuff like that. And then you know what they do, Seth? They cut you loose. As soon as you have passed the you know the, the legal limit of when you can have an abortion, they fucking drop your ass like a rock and leave you out to dry with nothing. Yeah. And it's pretty so, fucking gross, right? Exactly. So what happened with the Supreme Court? Well, basically, abortion clinics, as we probably all know, are required by law to advertise and tell you the fact that you can keep your baby. Like, yes. no shit, right? Like, of course. And it's I, to give I would you... love to meet the girl who thought the only option was abortion. <laughs> and then she goes to the clinic. She's like, wait a minute. I can have a, I can have a kid? What? Okay. Okay. I thought... <laughs> I thought Roe v. Wade made abortion mandatory. Yeah. <laughs> What's I mean, going on? Wait, I don't have to have a permit for this? What are you talking about? What? <laughs> Mind-blowing. Raised in a very liberal household. Yeah. A kid for me? <laughs> I'll think about it. I thought about it. The answer is no. <laughs> yep. I still don't want it, but... <laughs> but so that they have to tell you about these other services that people can provide. And so their argument was that the CPCs should also provide information about abortion. And the Mm -hmm. Supreme Court ruled that no, they do not. They are not not required to tell you about abortion services or help you out with getting any information on that. So they basically say that the anti-abortion, the I call them anti-choice people, Mm -hmm. have more freedom of speech than the people who are for abortion. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's that's just how it's it's been. And it's... And it, all, it goes back to the whole idea of what the two movements are called, pro, the pro-choice movement, which sounds, that's a good name, pro-choice, I like people having choices. But then you get the other one, which is pro-life, which sets you up to say that if you're not pro-life, then you're pro-death or you're anti-life. Um, yeah. And yeah, ever since, I mean, it's just that's how it's been branded since day one. And, you know, I mean, it's no secret that, you know, there's still a lot of, uh, what do you call it? religious tampering with our political system um, from how deeply like uh, Protestant we were from a long time ago. So people still think that, you know, 
abortion shouldn't be shouldn't even be legal and then they think that it shouldn't be promoted and it shouldn't even be talked about um so yeah that doesn't really that doesn't you know sadly that doesn't surprise me that they wouldn't uh pass down a better ruling on that yeah they uh the whole like pro-life pro-choice thing is just a fucking uh, another way that the right has won the messaging war Right? Like, they have come up with slogans that make them sound constantly like they're better about this. Yeah. And it just fucking sucks that, that there's no, like, there's, it's a very hard, it's very hard to come back from, you know, from, from a messaging like that. Because pro-life, like you said, it sounds good. Like, who wouldn't support life, right? Like, we're, I mean, we're all alive, right? Yeah. Unless you're, like, a fucking nihilist. You want, uh, you want to be pro-life. Mm-hmm. So... It just fucking sucks that like pro-choice is also good. It's a good slogan, but by whenever we as the left or whoever liberals and the left say pro-life, we're giving in to, that, to their messaging, and I refuse to do that. I won't call. I will not call the people coming over the southern border immigrants. They're refugees, and I will not call them pro-life. They are anti-choice. And you know what? I'll go a step further. I will call them pro-life, and I'll call myself anti-life. <laughs> Because you, you come up to my plate, you get knocked out, son. Okay? Oh, shit. Dark side's yeah. here. The anti-life equation. What the fuck? <laughs> exactly. Shit, I'm, dude. I'm, put, I'm putting these uh, pro-lifers in body bags, okay? And uh, I actually need to look this up real quick. I need to find a way to find out yeah. who while voted. You, while, while you do that, I'll say this. Uh, I noticed, and I think you might have sent me this. There was this uh, tweet I saw about how this like Make-A-Wish kid... His final wish, you know, he, he he had two options, meet John Cena or end abortion. And he was like, I guess I don't, I guess, I've already met John Cena five times already. He, he comes here every day. So it's not a big deal. So he was like, I want, his dying wish was to end abortion. And people were like, oh, he's such an angel. And we should listen to this one dying kid who's like fucking five years old and has no idea about the fucking universe because he had cancer. You know what I said about that? Some people deserve cancer. Yeah, sometimes cancer gets it right. Sometimes, whatever God you believe in winds up a real big fastball and just throws it at the exact right person, and that fucker deserved it. Yeah, That's and what, what message? What message would these people give out if some die make a wish kid said that their 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 wish was to make abortion mandatory? <laughs> yeah. What what would their response to that be? Uh, fucking who who knows at this point right like what are you gonna do um but like i'm trying to find because i want to know because there's like uh um i want to know which way people uh on the supreme court voted for different stuff right like uh I, i just need to know um which way this fucker kennedy was voting because i need to i need to verify something uh about him because Let's talk about some other decisions that happened. One of them, which is probably the most momentous decision, I think, of, of the ones that were handed down. Uh, on a side note, they did they did overturn Korematsu, which was the, the Supreme Court case that allowed FDR to put uh, uh, Japanese-American uh, citizens in jail or in, in internment camps. Bizarre, given that we have concentration camps now. Yeah, Korematsu. Um, that's, um, that's like the day before a woman's wedding when the king gets to deflower her, right? No, it's actually a, an unsolvable uh, a test in Star in Star Trek. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, so they uh, the other decision was the Janus case. Now, Seth, did you ever know about the Janus case before this uh, 
um, before before this whole thing went down? Did not. Um, so yeah, they uh, they basically had this case on on the books, which was telling a tell was it's a labor case essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And um, basically, it was so the way it works in most jobs is when you're when there's a union present. Um, if there is a union. Um, everyone gets the benefits of that union, even if you don't actually join the union. But you still got to pay dues to the union, right? Like even if you don't join, you got to pay dues to them because er- what they do affects you yeah. as a, as as an employee. So what this case was saying was that's dumb. People shouldn't be allowed to be, be forced to pay things, right? Because they're not part of the organization. And they said in the Janeth case, hey, that's right. Let's get, let's get rid of that. Let's say that non-members no longer pay dues to the union. So here's the thing. Here's the scenario: is if your if your if your line of work still has a union and you're still getting the benefits of it, even if you don't pay the dues and you're no longer required to pay the dues, you're a member. Why would you stay in the union? Why would you keep paying those dues? Yeah. They basically they basically killed unions at this point. I mean, yeah. You, I mean. The, the war on unions has been going on for a long time. Oh yeah, and so fucking long. And it just—it's—it's funny to me because like, what if what if one day uh, somebody named Janice was like, "Oh, uh, I don't actually vote or take part in political systems, so I don't need to pay taxes anymore, right?" Uh, what would the Supreme Court rule on that one? You know, and it's just like one of those things where, I mean, what are you going to do, right? Like, now that they've basically killed your unions. You're, I mean, we're done uh, uh, with organized labor, for the most part. There are some structures of unions that are that, that are still that'll still work, but I mean, this is the death knell of public sector unions, like teachers, um, firefighters. Uh, I'm sure cop unions will find some way to slip around this thing, as they always do. They'll probably just fire any cops that refuse to join the union. Um, so, and I mean, it's it's a fucking terrible decision. It's it's a bad one for for everybody. Yeah, I don't know, and it's it's just another case of you're actively voting against your own protection and your own interests. If you are a person who can be in a labor union and decides not to be, and then actively pursues not having to pay union dues, I mean, what what kind of what kind of mindset are you in when you think of these kinds of things? When you're like, yeah, I don't. I don't need this. So I'm not going to pay for it, even even though I get to reap the benefits from it. Yeah, and the other thing is, I was reading the actual opinion of the court on this thing, mm-hmm. and it, it. I'm not a lawyer. I'm pretty. I'm pretty fucking stupid. Yeah. But I do read the words of lawyers who who read this kind of stuff, and I was looking at it too. And the 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 consensus opinion is that this court this case is there to lay the groundwork through precedent of future cases for some incredibly heinous shit. Like, one thing I saw through the reading of this thing, which is, by the way, just gibberish, it's just bizarre, none of it makes any sense, um, mm-hmm. is they want to start... But basically, the, the basis of this case is that it's a limitation of your freedom of speech. It's a First Amendment violation for unions to do this because if they're the sole representative of the workers then that limits your freedom of speech to go and negotiate with your employer on a, on an individual basis. 
Which is stupid because unions are not the sole representative of the workers. You're allowed to do whatever you want. You can still seek independent uh, 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 negotiation. You can do that. That's fine. Yeah. But the thing is, this is setting up the groundwork for a bigger case. Or several bigger cases. And one of them is, they want to find a way to get rid of minimum wage. And the argument that they're going to present at some point, using this ruling as a precedent is that minimum wage is a limitation on your First Amendment right to negotiate with your employer for a lower wage. Wow. Wow. <laughs> who who the fuck wants to be paid less? Yeah. I mean, all... I mean, the whole idea... I mean, I, and I already know what the idea behind this is, is it's just to... I mean, one, keep poor people poor, and then two, it's just going to create an incredibly more competitive job market because then somebody who, like, if you need a job really badly, somebody else who needs it might say, oh, I'll just, you know, pay me $5. I'll just work three other jobs to make up for the money I'm not making here. And everyone's going to have to work, like, ten jobs just to make even because you have to constantly underbid somebody else for your own labor. It's fucking dog-eat-dog in in this... supposed one-day society. Now, of course, there's a lot of, of things about, like, people, would anyone actually do this? And I'm starting to think that, yes, they would do this. Yeah. And the other thing is perhaps even more heinous. Another case that they want to tee up at some point is to say that, like, mandatory limits on working hours are a violation of your First Amendment rights for the same reason. It limits your First Amendment rights to negotiate to work longer. so funny how you know people all the time are fighting for actual first amendment rights and getting shot down all the time and then now when they come up with this bullshit you know they're just going to push it on you it, i mean again again who wants to work longer hours and again i think you're right is that there's someone out there who would say oh i'd work longer hours because I, I, I need to live right yeah it's just that sort of, like, crab bucket mentality, you know? Yeah. I mean, and these are the kind of decisions that we can hope won't actually make it anywhere. Because, but, I mean, they are a little wild, but you never know, especially where we are today. But, I mean, when we get the next Supreme Court justice, the radioactive corpse of Strom Thurmond, who knows what'll fucking happen at that point, you know? Th- that is the one thing we haven't talked about yet, with uh, Kennedy stepping down is that anybody who doesn't understand what this means, it means that Supreme Court justices are appointed by the president. Our president is Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And they get to serve for life, even when a new president who doesn't, who would not like them or anything comes in. Which, we need to revisit that rule, I'd say. Because you know he's going to appoint some 40-year-old should. Who will live for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And make rulings that are absolutely terrible. And right now what I've seen is they're going to to like nominate some woman who is anti-abortion. They want to they say, oh, well, you can't attack her because she's actually a woman. So, of course, she would know. Right? Yes. And, Women are uh, always right. 
And it's like, it's like, listen, women can have shitty fucking opinions too, just like men. I've met plenty of men and women with shitty opinions. That doesn't go online, look at all the fucking MAGA women out there, right? Yeah. Like, they look exist. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. It's like, yeah, uh, people can be bad regardless of their fucking uh, uh, identities. So, they're, but, but they're they're going to use this this identity issue of she's a woman to say, well, then you can't criticize her on abortion because she knows, right? She's a woman, like she'll have the right opinion. And I would argue that no, she doesn't actually. <laughs> That's that makes no difference. It's yeah. fucking stupid. It's so fucking know. stupid. It's just another example of how. All, all the words associated with America are like freedom and liberty and all this stuff, and then yet we still don't have any actual freedoms. Like the whole idea of abortion is, if we're actually a truly free country and we believe in liberty for all, then you should abortion should even be a question. It should be if you want one, you get one; if you don't, you don't. And there shouldn't even be a political debate about it because yeah. that's what freedom is. But you know, I mean, I agree. It's and here's the thing. Is we're, ha- we're 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 coming up on the fact that our constitution is three hundred almost three hundred years old. We're coming up on that, right? Yeah. We need to understand that it is an old ass piece of paper, and I honestly think it's gonna. We need to change it. It has to be changed. Yeah. I mean, what if what if all we did was the way we did things three hundred years ago? I mean. I just don't understand the mentality. I think that the Constitution should constantly be rethought because we, we consider it a living document. We call it that in history books um, just because we can add amendments to it. But in, but in all honesty, I think the Constitution every couple of years should be up for an entire overhaul um, from the ground up. Well, I mean, there was always this idea when things first started that we would have constitutional conventions whenever we needed to change the uh, uh, Constitution, right? Yeah, well, that hasn't happened, and thank goodness because, well, I'll get into this in a minute. But the situation that we're in right now is that we're such an ideologically polarized nation that we have two segments of our population. Well, actually, we have three segments. We have the liberals and the conservatives, and I'll you know what I'll say the left is kind of lumped them with liberals, and then we have the unengaged portion of people who don't even who don't know and don't care about all this because it's it's they their 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 material concerns are too important to them to worry about these two things. Uh, they got to work a job, they got to get up in the morning, they got to take care of their kids. They just can't yeah. be bothered, right? They they they're people who are stressed and can't engage in politics. And I I'm going to go ahead and say the conservative side is the smallest portion of people in America. Roughly 30%. Would you agree with that number? Yeah. But geographically speaking, they cover a giant region of America. We can look at any election map and see that. that The conservatives cover a huge portion. But then we're talking about counties with less than 100 people where maybe um, 30 of them vote, or sorry, 30 conservatives vote and 20 liberals vote, and the other 50 don't vote at all, you know? So that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. And there's just no way around that. Like, the founders, the framers of the Constitution, which, by the way, fuck them, they were all slave-owning bastards. Yeah. They could never have envisioned the world that we're in now. We are probably, I think we're actually the oldest continuous nation, or continuous, like, uh, government in in the world right now. No one has lasted as long as we have from 1776 until now, meaning we have the most outdated form of government of any that exists. I mean, yeah. 
I mean, any, any, like, just talking to people from other countries, like I've been doing recently, everyone talks about how, I mean, America's just the worst. It's just the worst. I mean, you, you can improve our politics by, like, 70% if you just, the one, by one little trick, just implement parliamentary politics. People don't pick the, people don't pick the, pick the president or the prime minister, you know, they're picked by Congress and the Senate or whatever. Get rid of the Senate, first of all. Who needs the Senate? We need Congress. Congress is all you need. Expand the number of seats to match populations. They haven't been expanded in a while. Fix that, right? And then have them elect the president for themselves. I mean, and get rid of that whole, like, big presidential thing, and people will care more about the local elections that actually affect them. Hmm. Yeah. That's, but one, also, that's, that's one way to do it. But also, while we're at it, abolish the presidency. Abolish the, the prime ministership or whatever. Get rid of that shit. We don't need it. Get rid of the Supreme yeah. Court. Fuck I mean, it. It's, it's just a figurehead is all it is. I mean... But no, it's not. He's not a figurehead. The president has... And it, this has not always been true. It's gotten more true over time. A vast amount of unchecked power. And I mean, we're seeing what that like, can do right now. Like how you can apparently pardon yourself. Yeah. Which is... at. I don't, I don't know who... I, I was told there was a system called checks and balances. And I don't see where the check and balance is on that one. And, and people argue... Because, you know, a pardon requires you, that you accept guilt, right? You say, I did that the per- I did it, but I'm being pardoned, right? Um, yeah. They're saying, oh, well, if the president pardoned himself, he'd be accepting guilt and no one would vote for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right? I mean, yeah, of course. They would fucking gladly vote for a, a criminal president. I don't think people understand uh, where the MAGA yeah. uh, mindset comes from. Yeah, like I said, Ronald Reagan was so good at being president. Why doesn't he run again? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's and when you think about the fact that we got a Supreme Court justice coming up, and I mean, dude, like RBG could drop dead tomorrow. And I'm not the biggest fan of her, but she is like a left leaning liberal judge, right? Um, yeah. If she were to go, it'd be all over. It would be done. And at this point, we got to ask ourselves, what are our options? Hmm. How do we fix this? How do we fix a permanent conservative uh, uh, majority on the court? How, how do we fix that? Uh, my one answer for all the problems, uh, a violent revolution in the streets. <laughs> We don't advocate for any kind of violence uh, against Wait. government officials. I mean, we do uh, advocate for a violent revolution, though. We do, yeah. At some point, there. The, well, here's the thing: I don't advocate for it, but I think it's going to become inevitable. Hmm. Okay. And at that point, when it becomes inevitable, we'll all have to pick our sides, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> I think we both know, you know, where we stand on that when, when the time comes. But I do have an electoral solution. I, I do have one thing. That I've seen thrown around, and you've heard of it too. Everyone's heard of it. They don't know if they remember it or not, but you, do you remember FDR's plan to pack the court? No. That was a plan that he had because the, the Supreme Court kept striking down his New Deal progressive left-leaning policies back in the 1930s, and the plan was to just add more Supreme Court justices. That you can't. There's no. There's no rule saying you can't do it, and in fact, it's enshrined in the Constitution that an act of Congress can increase the number of Supreme Court justices. Okay. And his plan was for every Supreme Court justice that reaches the age of 70, which would have been three at the time, uh, he got to add two new picks to the court. And they didn't, oh, sorry, reaches 70 and doesn't retire. 
you got to add two more justices to the court. So that would have given him, I think, uh, six more justices. Um, and that would have been able, way more than enough to pass, to, to not strike down anything he wanted to put. And Congress and the Senate pushed back and said, no, this is too far. We won't do this. I feel that our one solution to this problem, the one hope we possibly have, is to pack the court. I mean, yeah, but right now we can't do that. No, I'm saying that when we re- when we reclaim power, because there's going to be a blue wave in 2018. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, yeah. The Democrats are going to win big this year, and unfortunately, most of them will be shitty Democrats. But whatever. When they win, they they need to be. We need to start using wielding power efficiently to to change the laws and put more justices on the court that agree with us. Because if we don't. We are going to be looking at the barrel of eternal conservative rule. Yeah, I mean, and another another electoral idea. I mean, of course, this wouldn't work under our current president, but one idea would be that Supreme Court justices don't serve for life. Oh, for sure. And they're also not appointed by the president. Yeah, if we're going to have Supreme Court justices, which I I understand the need for them, I understand the point they they brought they they bring. How about like a ten year term appointed by by Congress? I still think they should be voted on by the people, but I mean, technically, yeah. the the Congress is our representatives. Of course, we've seen how yes. well that worked out. Hey, you yes. know what, dude? I am one hundred percent for direct democracy. Get rid of this. Get rid of the Congress, the Senate, the, the President, all that. Let the people do it all. I'm glad. Let's do it. Fuck yes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's yeah, that's that's my ideal scenario. Uh, yeah, that's what I, that's what I would do. Just uh, people get voted. Also. And this is this is a more radical idea. If we're going to have all these positions still, everyone has to re- get reelected every two years. Wow! Nobody has two years is for every motherfucking position. That can be offset. It can be like Supreme Court and Congress is this year, presidents the next year, whatever. But two years every single time, because I don't know. I think I think it keeps people on their toes and it keeps people politically active. People get. It's, it's obviously proven that people get way more politically active, even the people who aren't inclined during election years. So if every year is a huge, very important election year, people will be more inclined to be politically active. I think that's what they did in Italy after World War II. They had elections yes. every two years. Cool. I, I, didn't, I heard it didn't work out very well, though. Well, yeah, but we'll try it. <laughs> I actually have a guy who is who lives in Italy right now who's Italian who wants to come on the show and talk about Italy and their their current struggles with fascism. Cool. I'm not sure if you've heard about this. They are they are having another another bout with fascism in Italy right now. Yeah, I'm sure. I heard they weren't even at the heard they weren't even at the World Cup this year. Their prime minister just said so. about a week ago they need to go out into the countryside and cleanse the land of gypsies. Wow. This land's like, well, I, I guess I don't know what the, the landscape is like in Italy, but he's like old school racist. But maybe in Italy that's more popular. Oh, yeah, there's way more like Roma people in Italy than there are here. But, but I mean, like, is, is hating them more popular over there? Like, is it a popular form of racism in Italy? I don't, or prejudice? Whatever. I'm not sure what you. What is prejudice against gypsies called? Is it racism? I have no idea. I guess it's racism. Okay. Uh, we're Americans. Any international listeners? We don't know much about gypsies or Roma or whatever. We, For a long time, I thought they weren't real. Yeah, I, I, I still have never seen a person that we would classify as a gypsy in my life. 
Um, but apparently they're real. I've, I've been told that there's actually some pretty close to our area. I don't I don't know. I have no clue. And also, yeah, apparently. Oh, go ahead. I also don't know. Maybe Gypsy is like, we're, we're not supposed to call them that, maybe? I don't no, it's supposed know. to be Roma people. They're Roma. Okay. Gypsy's like offensive, I guess. But, uh, so again, I'm saying I guess. We're Americans. You gotta understand. We don't, we're from the South. We're from America. We don't really have that those kinds of people around here. It, they, they don't really, uh, um, it's kind of like uh, uh, Slavic people. We don't know shit about them, you know? No. They don't exist down here. Um... But yeah, apparently our parents say that there are some uh, some Roma, I guess, so they call them gypsies, Roma people in uh, Augusta, Georgia. They have a big enclave yeah. there. Apparently. So that's a, that's a thing. Maybe I'll look, I'll look more into that. But yeah, so go out into the countryside and uh, cleanse, the, cleanse, cleanse the Roma or whatever that they were talking about doing. And that sucks, you know? It sucks that fascism is rising across the world again. Like, fuck that. It's true. It's a a big problem we're gonna fucking backslide again on this shit and it, again it, it all comes down to capitalism again to the denial of resources the, the the hoarding of resources by the rich away from the poor which causes all these you know economic problems which then people look for people to blame and who do they blame they blame uh, other types of people you know they, pl- they blame other races other religions other nations because yeah. The wealthy, uh, are, they benefit from that. They, they, they tell you, they, they want you to do that. They want you to think that way. Uh, because it, 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 it's, a, it's a, a shield. It keeps you looking in the wrong direction while they keep taking money out of your pockets. Yeah, everything... Everything is smoke and mirrors for the 1%, basically. They just... they We keep talking about politics and all this, and it's true. Politicians have a lot of power, but these... The 1% has the power. They're just doing anything they can to line their pockets and the pockets of these politicians just to keep us all down. And that's one of the mottos of this podcast. Yeah. And we were, we were talking earlier about a constitutional convention. And do you know what that is? The constitutional convention? Yeah. I mean, I remember what it was from history class. Uh, well, I mean, I know we probably know of it as an event, like a thing that happened, but it's a yeah. thing enshrined in the Constitution that can happen again, basically. Okay. is If you can get two-thirds of the state legislatures in America to agree to a constitutional convention, you can come together and you can basically rewrite the Constitution. You can do whatever you want to it then. And it's never been done, I don't think. I think we've only done like amendments to the Constitution. We've never re- rewritten the core values of it. Um... But currently, right now, I just want to point out that the Republicans only need to control seven more state legislatures before they have enough people to do us a constitutional convention. And that sounds uh, sounds like a not good thing. It sounds like we would be living in the goddamn Handmaid's Tale universe after that. That's that's you're not far off. These fuckers would literally create Gilead. You know it. They would come together to create some dumb bullshit like we need to balance the budget. Uh, we need to enshrine that in the Constitution, and they'd end up creating a goddamn—I don't even know—like apocalyptic hellscape of a world. And then we would have a revolution, I think. Yeah, I think there something, some shit would go down for sure. Because, I mean, the way the way it's going is the people who are in power are vastly outnumbered by people who don't agree with them. Uh, and I'm talking about both liberals and, Republic- and conservatives, right? Like, p- 
people don't people don't agree with either one of those groups, um, and it's getting worse and worse because neither one has a solution. So at some point, the metal is going to meet the meat. I mean, someday we're going to have to storm the castle and take back what's rightfully ours. People don't want to talk about it. People want to avoid the the the, the notion of it, but. Uh, uh, nothing lasts forever, and that, and, and I know that people. I, I guess, like even growing up as a kid, I was like, "Oh, America will never end, right?" Like I'm, I'm living in the end of history. No, we are not. <laughs> we are far from it. Really? You think so? We are you? You're saying you're not living in the end of history? I'm saying we are. I'm saying. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm, saying, I'm saying we're not living in the end of history. The end of history was a theory in the '90s that we had reached the end point of politics. That the way things were then were how it would be forever. America would have, uh, you know, worldwide he- hegemony, and everyone else would just kind of, you know, associate around it. You know, the Soviet Union's gone. It'll just be neoliberal capitalism forever. And the way I'm seeing it now is that order is falling apart, and no one, ha- nobody who is in the mainstream politics has a solution for that. Yeah, because mainstream politics is even even at its most left even at its just the even and at the most right too just even at its grimiest points is still stay the course yeah i mean it's it's how can we stay in power exactly and i know we bring him up a lot but the only person who's really tried to move past that is bernie sanders he he had he, he has some ideas to move forward i mean once again still pretty stay the course because he kind of has to be but yeah, most most everybody is just stay the course, stick it out, see how things go. We're gonna be fine. Us, the, us, these us politicians and millionaires, we're fine. Don't worry about us. So we're just yeah. gonna stay the course, and you know, just wait out until the death of the fucking human race. I will point out that Bernie Sanders is being as has. I'll give him credit. I think he inspired a lot of people. He I did. think that. You think certainly. you think that? I think he did certainly. Because before Bernie Sanders ran for president, I was not a leftist. I mean, I, I guess I agree with his policies. Like I read Karl Marx and stuff and thought, yeah, this all makes sense, but it'll never happen, right? Like, how could this ever occur? Um, now, after that, I'm like, we have a chance. People people agree. Like he built a, a movement that people that, that especially young people really agree with. Um, and I think now he's being like eclipsed by certain people. Like we just talk, we talked about it last week. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez won New York. Yes, big win. Something she, that I don't think a, a year ago people could have predicted very well. They could do. They couldn't even predict shit um, like two months ago. They would never even have known. I saw so many people after she won being like. Oh, I should look into this person. I should learn who Ocasio Cortez is. I've never talked. No, no newspapers in New York. No news stations had talked about her. The dumb fuckers at Pod Save America didn't know who the fuck she was. And then she comes out and she beats the next prospective leader of the Democratic Party in 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 Congress. Yeah. Oh, also, and we we don't have to add this end of our podcast like we did with Kevin Durant and Tom Brady, but fuck Pod Save America for sure. Fuck Pod Save America. Fuck. Fuck. John Lovett and fake John Favreau and yeah, whoever fake, the fuck else. Fake John Lovett and John Favreau. They're both fake versions of people who are actually famous. That's true. I was. I'm still angry that I listened to that fucking Keeping It 1600 podcast and it wasn't the man John Favreau talking. Yeah, I was hoping for the director of Swingers to be on that podcast telling me about politics. Yeah. 
Um, also, besides uh, Ocasio-Cortez, we also have in Delaware right now, running for state, for state senator, is uh, Carrie Evelyn Harris, who is... Um, she, she's very cool. She has a great platform. I love her pop, her positions and everything. Um, and I hope she wins. She has a very small grassroots, uh, uh, operation. She has a good sense of humor. I gave her, I gave her some money already. So yeah, I, I'm shilling right now for Carrie Evelyn Harris, but she will be a great addition to the to Congress. Yeah. And it's, I mean, like we just said, it's pretty wild that, um, that she won, especially over all the pressure and all of the mountains you had to climb, and all of the, she had like some of the lowest campaign funding that you could have um, by design, I'm assuming. Um, and I mean, she she did it, and she's a socialist, and she actually wants to change stuff, and that's something you don't see a lot these days. And she's like young, isn't she? She's kind of young, right? Uh, Costa Cortez, yeah, she's 28. She's one year yeah. younger than me. Yeah, which is crazy. Uh, I feel like I've accomplished nothing with my life now. I mean, yeah, that's just that's just kind of how it is. I mean, Lil Pump is seventeen, and <laughs> I mean that guy's fucking making gangbusters out here. He on top of the world. Yeah, you. We've talked about your new favorite rapper, Lil Pump, right? I think you talked about my new favorite rapper, Lil Pump, before. Okay, I was making sure. If anybody out there is unaware of hip hop sensation, Lil Pump, uh, Lil as an L I L, and then Pump like Pump Shotgun. Um, he's out there and he's big. I mean, he actually is big. He, he his his albums and his mixtapes sell like crazy. And Smith, huge fan of this big guy. fan. Love him. I showed him some of his music videos, and I think he just listens to him all day now. Uh, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci yes. Gang, Gucci Gang. Um, but no, yeah. So, uh, um, Joe Crowley. The, the person who faced uh, Ocasio-Cortez and lost raised $3 million and spent $3 million. She raised 300000 and she spent 194 and beat him. God damn. And by the way, Seth, I saw this. You want to hear a small sampling of the number of people, of people who donated to Joe Crowley to lose? Wait, how many did what? They, they donated to Joe Crowley for him to win, but he lost. You want to hear some of his donors? Sure. Facebook, Google, BlackRock, Humana, Raytheon, Capital One, Aflac, Microsoft, Cigna, TD Bank, H&R Block, Salesforce.com, United Technology, Delot, Covington and Burling, Anheuser-Busch. It goes on and on, dude. UPS, T-Mobile, fucking uh, uh, J.P. Morgan, uh, uh, fucking Charles Schwab. It's a fucking a laundry of people who just donated and lost incredibly, yeah. incredibly. And the really, really interesting thing I heard is that most of Acasio's donors were just from Arby's. I heard that <laughs> Arby's did like ninety percent of her funding. Well, so. seventy percent of her of her of her cat of her money came from small donations, donations yeah. less than two hundred dollars, all from Arby's donations. Yes, Arby's did seventy percent of just small donations, just sent in <laughs> random envelopes to any address that she had. <laughs> they were sent to her personal apartment. She didn't even give the address out. Arby's just found it. I don't want to say it on the podcast, but I sent you actually a. a, a this is all by the way. All this information I got on the people that, that donated to Joe Crowley is from uh, Matt Soller. 
on uh, on Twitter. Uh, follow him. He's got pretty good stuff. Uh, but one of the people who lost is actually a former employer of yours, whose name I do not want to say on the podcast, but it is pretty interesting to see their name on there. You've, you've sent this to me? Okay. Yeah, I sent it to you. I thought you'd get a kick out of the fact that gotcha. your old boy's lost. Okay. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's it's been. I, I mean, here's the thing. It was a fucking emotional roller coaster, wouldn't you say? Like Ocasio Cortez wins, and the next day, labor unions get killed, and Justice Kennedy retires. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was it was bad because like we had the Ocasio winning thing, which was really nice, and then we had the uh, the Kennedy retiring, which just kind of crashed us all down. It's been a bit of a roller coaster, and uh, my... <laughs> I I just saw the name of the my former employer who uh, gave to him. So yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, it's interesting um, to see twenty first century Fox, my former employer, on this list. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> What what do they even have to do with Joe Crowley? Like, what do they got going on in New York? Yeah, I don't. Who the fuck knows? Um, where but, he, so where does this money like? Why is why on earth is Anheuser Busch giving this guy money? What what fund do you have where you're like, let's just go out and support random political people? Who cares? Anheuser Busch, do what you do best, okay? Make what? cheap beer that I put in my body. <laughs> Four or five times a day. Okay? But, like, that list just shows you, though. That, that list exposes to everybody how these, these these political machines are funded by literally every corporation in America. Yep. Like, everybody voted for this guy or, or, or giving him money. Like, like like you said, what do these companies have, have... What are they getting from him? And you know that in the end, it's just like voting for lower taxes, essentially, for them. Yeah. Even if it doesn't affect their company, or, or even if it's targeted them specifically, they'll still get the benefit. So it's like you know that they're just giving money to these politicians because, in general, Democrats, just like Republicans, you know, uh, support lowering taxes on corporations and rich people. So it, 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 it makes sense to give money to politicians that want that, which is right now like 97% of politicians, probably probably 99, to be honest. Let's be honest ourselves. Yeah. Um, Ugh. But my way, by the way, of of, of uh, coping with our, our week of madness we've been having has mm-hmm. been to start a garden in the backyard. Yeah, so um, I've, seen a, I've seen a video. Yeah, uh, because I feel like the world's going to end, and I want to have some squash and tomatoes to be able to sustain me through the, the dark times that are coming. Interesting. Interesting. Um... So yeah, I've uh, to to cope, I guess. I've been uh, keeping my eye out on what is now being called the Bron James Watch. Oh yeah, well, how's that going? Tell me about this. So uh, I, I think I've mentioned him once before on the podcast. Uh, NBA player LeBron James, uh, in my <laughs> in my opinion, the greatest player to ever touch a basketball. Um, he is currently. He's going through a bit of a decision. He's done this once before, I guess technically twice before. He's uh, he's currently contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and this uh, a couple of days ago he had the uh, he had the option to either opt in to another year of a contract with the Cleveland or opt out. If he opted in, then other teams could still buy out that contract 
um, but it would be more expensive, and Cleveland would have a cheaper deal. If he opts out, a couple more teams can uh, kind of feel him out. And actually, I have that backwards. If he opts out, it's a little bit harder to get him. If he opts in, you kind of have a, a lower paywall. So he opted out of his contract with Cleveland. Um, and a lot, a lot of the big theories the whole year have been that he is going to go to the Los Angeles Lakers as his next team. And just yesterday, he actually uh, was at an, an airport in Los Angeles, probably going to be having meetings before the free agency period starts. Uh, as of right now, we know that he has most definitely met with the Lakers, and apparently the Philadelphia 76ers have flown their guys out to L.A. as well because they want to talk to him. So he's got a couple of options. The big, the big three options right now are going to be to either stay in Cleveland – go to L.A. or go to Philadelphia, and a wild card of him to go to the Houston Rockets. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, I just keep Twitter and Reddit open, and I just refresh any NBA streams I can every couple of seconds to see uh, <laughs> to see what's going on with that. Uh, the second he touched down at the airport, fucking there was a tweet about it, and I saw it, and I was like, all right, I know where he is. I know, I know where LeBron James is right now, okay? <laughs> so is there no chance of him joining the Golden State Warriors? Uh, no. I mean, mm-hmm. is there a chance? Sure. If mm-hmm. if the Golden State wants to pull out the most insane trade deal ever and somehow exceed their max cap salary and somehow uh, extend super max contracts and all the other players, there is a half a percent chance he could end up in Golden State. Um, do I think that's going to happen? No. Do I think LeBron James is the type of player to go to Golden State? No. So, in my in my mind, it's like a negative million percent chance it would happen. But if you're just going from statistics and financial matters, sure. I just have a dream, so I have a small, a tiny dream, and all I want to see is the greatest basketball team ever assembled. Mm. Well, we might get it if uh, if uh, Los Angeles can get some better players around LeBron. We might have it. Okay. Uh, but yeah. And if and it, I would be so conflicted because there's no way I can be a Golden State fan, but there's no way I can not be a fan of LeBron James. So I would be very conflicted. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I'm keeping up with that. I've like I said, I just just like to know where he is at all times. Like I check in with my buddy LeBron, make sure he's doing okay. Um, we should yeah. get LeBron on the podcast. If oh my god, if we got LeBron on the podcast, I would literally like. I would, I'd give myself full blow jobs while I drove to L.A. <laughs> we would sit our sports correspondent heading to L.A. to just sucking his own dick, ready to yeah. ready to talk to LeBron James. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's been a hell of a week, everybody. But uh, yeah. I think we're gonna get through it. Yeah, we'll come out. We'll come out on the other side. People always go ahead. That's I don't know how well we're gonna come out. We're gonna come out. Oh, no, listen. People ask me, Smith, how could you have any hope for the future? Like, you talk constantly about terrible things, and you laugh about them. And, uh, obviously, you don't agree with them, but you're laughing about them. And I say, listen, person I'm talking to right now, mm-hmm. it's simple. We're about to see some very dark times. A lot of people are going to die. But we're going to come out the other side as uh, the United Communist Nations of, of the world. And then we're going to colonize space. And it's going to be great. And we're not going to colonize it with some dirt bag like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. We're going to do it. Uh, the people are going to do it. So I think that uh, we're going to struggle a lot. We're going to fight a lot. It's going to be rough. 
and but I think in the end, humanity will humanity will not encounter that great filter. Uh, we will survive. Nice. How about you? You got, you got you got any thoughts on the future? I do. I have big thoughts. I actually just looked over at my other screen and found out that an ESPN reporter is saying that LeBron James has made his decision and will inform those close to him and expect an official announcement Tuesday morning. Oh, shit. Whew. Why the wait? Rock hard. I don't know. Why why is it that when a movie is done, the movie is done, it is edited. It is in the can. It comes out a month later. No! Release it right then! I thought they were still, like, doing passes on the CGI and shit. Not the day before, not a week Mm. before. The movie is normally done. That's true. Fucking put it out. I had I had heard that uh, George Lucas was still doing edits to uh, The Empire Strikes Back like a week before it hit theaters. Yeah, but George Lucas sucks. Well, hold on now, oh, boy, <laughs> you bite your tongue, sir. Um, but no, I, I guess that's an exceptional case. You're probably right. You probably have them in the can for a while, ready to go. I guess it's like, what, you know, like, yeah, uh, we want to put it out this week because we want to compete with that movie or whatever? I mean, yeah, um, it's all a scheduling thing. But I just think it's so weird how it's like, one time I saw Vin Diesel post on Instagram. He's like, Fast and Furious 12 is going to come out May 18th, 2025. How do you know? <laughs> how do you know that movie is going to be done by then? It's all how do you have science. a fucking due date on this goddamn movie? this point man it's all down to a science i guess the best news there is there's gonna be 12 fast and furious movies that is true we're overlooking the good the the best news of that information um i think we kind of covered the whole week wouldn't you say yep i think the week has been fucking covered and slathered and slopped up actually i have two more things to say okay one is that uh, congratulations to the CIA for managing to get uh, a socialist president elected in Mexico. That's probably happening today. Yeah. The socialist guy is way ahead in the polls. He's not perfect, but just lol that you guys fucked up, and this is the result. And uh, the other thing is, listening to this podcast, I really do want to go ahead and emphasize again, uh, Carrie Evelyn Harris in Delaware is running for the primary seat. This is a, the primary election for Democratic, uh, the Democratic primary of senator over there in, in Delaware. Go check our website, read her platform. She's got good positions. Maybe give her a little bit of money. I threw her uh, $6.66. Um, maybe consider that. Maybe more. I don't know. Maybe give her four twenty. dollars It's all, all, all to you. But she's a good politician, uh, a percentage politician, and she. I want her to win because it would be awesome to have uh, a good senator from Delaware. So uh, I, I, the Illenials endorsed Carrie Evelyn, Evelyn Harris. Go look her up. It's true. But yeah, that's it. That's the whole All podcast right. now. So from New Orleans to New York. Oh, you skip, you skip the whole. We got, we got to give our fucking outro. We got to get not the outro. We got to give our uh, endorsements and oh, stuff. Our plugs for, yeah. for ourselves. Right, I've been I'm, Smith. I'm on Twitter. I'm at MC Surf. I'm still Seth, and I am on Twitter at MC Surf. <laughs> um, our art was done by Marcus Barkley. Yeah, you can find him on a, a street corner in Philadelphia, probably eating out of a garbage can. <laughs> 
You you might soon find him in Midtown Atlanta. Who knows? Um, Who knows? You could also maybe hear him sometimes uh, with me streaming video games. I stream on Twitch. I haven't done it in a while, but we're starting up again soon. We're probably going to stream The Division, which is a game that is super fun with terrible politics uh, at Surf MC. So check us out there. And we will be giving out Marcus's permanent address once we find out what it is. Uh, address, phone number, email, contact, everything. By, oh, by the way, I need to tell the story of the podcast real quick. I was talking to Marcus the other day about getting on Twitter so we could finally start plugging him like in the actual uh, uh, tweets about the show. Yeah. And he told me he had a Twitter account at one point that has been locked and suspended because it was hacked. And mm-hmm. someone sent a, a tweet from Marcus's account with Marcus's picture still on it, which said, uh, it said, hold on, I want to get the, the text of this exactly right because it's the greatest phrase I've ever heard in my entire life. Hey, sweetie, do you want to fuck me everywhere? Go to the, and then it gives a tiny URL. Nice. <laughs> and Marcus's picture is on that. And uh, someone that sees tweet. Marcus's picture and what clicks on that link, I think he deserves a promotion. He, did, he deserves to get verified on Twitter for that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's our, that's our plugs for ourselves and our, our associated people. Oh yeah. All right. From New Orleans to New York, as always, fuck Tom Brady and Kevin Durant. You can lead a horse to water, but it won't get under it. Ready player one quote. And is that it? Is that the last one? I always forget. Not part of the permanent outro, but fuck Pod Save America. Yeah, fuck Pod Save America. All right, everybody, have a good week. Bye.